In this episode, I reminisce about one of my favorite music festivals ever, Coachella. With concerts and outdoor events slowly opening up again, it's got me in my own feelings about how the way things used to be. And I open up about my Coachella festival experience as Giselle here in episode 107 of the Cross Yas podcast. I also give you my Cross Yas tip of the week that has to do with panty selection because you know your girl Giselle loves wearing panties. And finally, I introduce a new segment called Grinding Giselle's Gears, where I talk about something that's been bothering me lately. It's episode 107 of the Cross the Yas podcast. So, you ready for it? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross Yas podcast with Giselle Miraso. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast. The podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. My name is Giselle Mirasol. I consider myself transgender under the vast transgender umbrella. I cross-dress on occasion, and I will be your host and guide into this wonderful world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. Looking for more info about the podcast? Check out our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com, where you can find Q&As, behind-the-scenes stuff, and ways you can support this podcast, like through our Patreon, where you can get bonus episodes and even extra other stuff. You want to chat with me, Sierra, and other wonderful Cross Yas listeners? Well, check out our Discord, the Cross Yas Confessional, which can be also found on our website, and you'll find someone to talk to pretty much 24-7, because, you know, I'm back too. And lastly, if you like what you hear, and you have your own story that's cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender-related, but wondering to yourself, hmm... I wonder if anyone wants to hear my story. Well, duh. You know me, and you know the podcast. The answer to your burning question is aloud. Frickin' Yes! Email me, Giselle, at crossyaspodcast.com, DM me on Instagram, at crossyaspodcast, or you can find me on our Discord, rochi underscore mochi pound 7325. Can't wait to hear from you. Hey, it's May. Yeah, I know the classic NSYNC thing, but what about Britney, though, hmm? Yeah, it is so typically me. Happy to be back in my own ways of sorts, and yeah, it's typically me because I'm still feeling that languishing feeling that I've mentioned in previous episodes, and I'm kind of sort of productive, but I don't know, I'm pretty much also reserved, lazy, and feeling kind of stagnated. Today I don't feel like doing anything. So I'm just proud of myself to get out of the funk and be back on the podcast doing some episodes because seriously... There was a time there, I think last month, where I really wanted to quit the podcast. Not that I have a choice, but fuck it, I quit. Like, for example, I had a roundtable set up, and it was all set and done, and then the audio fucking found a way to just break. So I lost an entire episode to that. I also had a video interview with Amber, but I wanted to post it, but I think the editing is taking a little bit longer than I suspected. Sorry, Amber, and I think Amber is kind of hesitant to coming out, so that's totally okay, and... I don't know, I talked a little bit about with Sierra in our last chit-chat, but gosh, it is so hard some days to try and balance not feeling so bad about not doing so many episodes, and as well as balancing a life here with Kirsten outside of the podcast, but I don't know, it's got me feeling like, I don't know, I just don't want to do the podcast anymore. I just cannot believe this is happening again! And it's not that I don't like the feedback I'm getting from listeners, because the feedback from guests and other listeners are, I don't know, it's really what keeps me going. But I think it takes a lot of work and effort to create decent quality content for this podcast. And 
I don't know, when I get into this weird headspace, that languishing feeling where, to be honest, I don't know if I have the same amounts of joy when I first started doing the podcast, because I guess it's either because of COVID that I really can't go out as Giselle that I've talked about many times on this podcast, or I don't know if it's because I'm married now and wanting to start a family and being older, not that old, but you know, my 30s, um, like in the heart of it, just makes me want to, I don't know, reprioritize my life decisions, if you will. I think we're also trying to decide to have a dog. Kirsten and I are thinking about it, but I don't know. Just trying to figure out what I feel is best for me. Not that I'd ever purge Giselle or the podcast, really, because I don't want to neglect that side of me. But the more episodes I do and the deeper I go into this podcast, I've just realized for myself that Giselle doesn't necessarily have to be a daily thing for me or really even a regular thing for me. But maybe the podcast will. I don't know. But Giselle is a part of me that will always be there, and I can be Giselle whenever I want. Like, remember in March when I went a whole year (laughs) uh, during COVID without being Giselle and wearing makeup and doing the whole shebang? And I don't know, for me, that was totally fine. I think I've mentioned before already, of course, doing my own makeup and dressing up for one of our Discord chats, which have slowed down as of late, but it's probably my fault because, I don't know, we've all just been so busy, and I feel like as a leader, if I'm not there, then... Other people are like, well, why should I be here? But I don't know. I think it was still fun, and I'll be back, I promise. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I love that part of being Giselle just on occasion, but that's just me. For people who need more time, like they need to present daily as their transgender self or feel the need to present as the gender that they may not necessarily conform to the sex they were born with, like they want to do that more often, then I feel like they should be able to do that. But And I think I mean, I really reiterate that all the time on this podcast, but you should be able to identify with whatever gender you wish or be the gender non-binary person or again, whomever you want to be without having to stress about what other people think. Because seriously, and if you're a fan of this podcast, you already know who cares, you know, I always say this, who cares what other people think? As long as you're not an asshole, you're being yourself, wearing whatever the fuck you want and finding joy in being your authentic self. That's all that really matters, right? Ah, I don't know. To sum it all up, sorry, I'm ranting, and I'll rant more here shortly. I'm happy to be back. Uh, yeah, um, may not be for long, but I'm going to keep trying, and how about we ride this train that I'm on of creativity, and let's just keep this train chugging along, shall we? But in this episode, I'm going to talk about missing what it was like when I went to Coachella a couple years back as Giselle, and I'll tell you about that experience, being all dressed up for a huge festival like that all weekend. I'll give you my tip of the week also that has to do with panties, because really, what cross-dressing male or trans woman doesn't love talking about panties? And finally, I introduce a new segment entitled Grinding Giselle's Gears, as a new segment that talks about, well, what's been bothering me lately. So stay tuned for that. You know what really grinds my gears? But, hey, thank you Cross Yas listener for being so patient with me. I'm happy to be here again and I'll try my best to not be gone for so long again. But here's episode 107. Hope you like it and happy listening. And now it's time for the Cross Yas tip of the week. So panties. I love wearing panties. I mean, the word itself, panties, sounds funny and is up to debate on how it's pronounced. Is it panties, panties? 
Panties? Panties. No, they're panties with a D. Panties. Panties. Say panties like a normal person. No, this is how a black dude say it. Put your panties down. You say no panties. Yeah. Here's how a white dude says it. Put your panties down. Guys, honestly, can you not see what the panties are doing to us? Stop saying panties. Ah, uh, thanks to the men from New Girl. However you pronounce it, panties or panties to me are just so freeing when you wear them. And allow, for me, I feel like way more feminine than wearing any traditional male undergarments. I don't know, it just makes me feel way more feminine. In fact, for me, it's probably allowed me to feel, even in the most subtle of ways, just at least in the past year because I haven't been able to go out, just the most feminine, right? I find panties way more comfortable and this may sound odd, but sexier than any male boxers or tidy whities a biological man can have. I mean, I've, I've worn them. I, I hate them. But I think also I find traditional male boxers and briefs that you find at the store so, again, boring and blech. Boring! It seems male underwear, for me, comes in two forms, either boxers or briefs. And, I don't know, just talking about it or wearing them sometimes, it, they just feel so utilitarian. Like, they only have one use. Yeah, I know there are other types of male underwears that exist, like jock straps or speedos, but, I don't know, I feel like boxers and briefs are the two most marketed types of underwear for biological men. You know the classic saying, if you're a man, which one do you choose, boxers or briefs? As if all men subscribe to the binary of underwear selection. Like, yes, I get it that men's underwear is supposed to contain a man's junk, but I mean, come on, at least be a little playful with selection or something, right? But, and I don't know about you, but for me, wearing women's underwear is such a welcome change of pace to men's underwear, and it makes me wonder why men don't have more options marketed to them in the underwear department. Like, the options to women's panties, I don't know, it just seem endless. We have way too many choices. Panty selections ranging from boy shorts, to cheeky, to hipster, to bikini, to classic briefs, to boy briefs, to g-strings, to thongs, to tangas, to... Uh, Kirsten probably can hate me, but her favorite panty during that time of the month, granny panties, aka period underwear. Uh, no! Blood! Uh. And I haven't even mentioned the variety of material in women's panties. I feel like men's underwear are either cotton or polyester. That's it. Whereas women's underwear comes in not just cotton and polyester, but satin, silk, lace, mesh, nylon, lycra, and even leather. Hell, there's even moisture-wicking panties and breathable types. Like, there's so many choices to choose from. There's just so many things. I, I can't choose. And perhaps, again, it's all marketing, but I feel women's underwear just, and I'm probably generalizing, but just softer and, again, in my own mind, sexier. Again, this is dumb, and I don't have any research to back this up other than my own experience, but, again, I find wearing women's panties, and as a whole, women's clothes, kind of thrilling in a way. Maybe it's the tabooness, like, men aren't supposed to wear underwear that isn't designed for their sex, and to me, that's kind of part of the fun. When I had my curious conversation with Viv, she talked about xdress.com, which is a website that sells and designs women's underwear for men. And if you go to that website, you'll see that the models wearing their undergarments have the traditional six-pack, muscular, Arnold Schwarzenegger-type chiseled body. Think, like, 90s Arnold Schwarzenegger. Not today's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I guess these male models are wearing G-strings, thongs, and even bras and underwear that is supposed to have functional uses for a woman, but not for these macho men wearing them. Viv, in our Kiriyas conversation, says she finds these kind of men erotic and hot, which may be a thing for some men, but I don't know, to me, 
Eh, not really. Not really my cup of tea, no offense. I find this kind of not my cup of tea, both in the sexual stimulation department as well as the clothes department. And that might seem irrational because, I mean, it's still undergarments, right? Like, why wouldn't I purchase these type of panties if they're meant for men but designed for a woman? Or the other way around, right? And I think Tanya discussed about this exact issue in our Discord during one of our uh, nightly chats maybe like a month or two ago. But there's something about wearing women's clothes that are designed and meant for a woman that, and I guess just wearing that, there's just something different about wearing women's clothes that are designed and meant for a woman, wearing it as a man. And wearing that versus wearing women's underwear that was designed for men, I know it's just way more appealing. Like, it's stupid, but it just doesn't feel the same. Like, only if a woman is supposed to wear it, do I want to wear it. Like a bra, for example, right? Like, bras aren't designed and meant to be worn by men, save for men who have gynecomastia or have boobs for some other reason. Bras are meant and designed to be worn by women. Women have boobs and mammary glands and they need to wear bras to hold their breasts up, right? Because, well, if you don't wear a bra, they hurt your back and, I don't know, they're always pulling you down. But the so-called bras worn by male models on the website Xtress, for me, I don't want to wear those because, again, it's meant for a man, not a woman. Also, and this is probably the biggest difference in panties meant for men and women, but you clearly see they add more fabric to the front of the panties like the g-strings and thongs on the Xtress website, which you don't typically see for women's underwear. And I feel like wearing women's underwear that was designed and meant for a woman is like, cheating myself of that female experience. I know, I know, it's stupid. Because I think all cross-dressing men and trans women know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I also really enjoy the shopping experience at physical stores like Victoria's Secret or any lingerie store, as it gives me the identity or feeling and really thrill of what it feels like for a woman to shop there. Obviously, I'm not physically trying on the panties I'm buying. I hope no one is, really. When you go inside a store and having the actual tactile sensation of feeling a woman's panty that, again, was meant and designed for a woman just makes way more sense. It's dumb for the average layperson. I know you're like, what the hell does that mean? Because, I don't know, I guess you're probably saying, Giselle, it's just panties. And you're right. Xdress.com is a great alternative to not having to buy these panties in the store. Plus, they're designed for men. But trust me, wearing women's panties that were designed for women and meant for women just feels right. Knowing I'm buying women's undergarments that I know are meant for a woman seems like the right thing to do. But for panties in general, at least for men who are biologically born male and still have a penis and either cross-dress or became trans women, this is so stupid, but I hate that there are so many different distinctions, but think about it. Basically, if you have a penis, wearing panties can be a bit of a hassle, right? I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Well, again, certain panties like a female thong or a female g-string of panty, like I said, is almost functionally useless to wear if you have a penis. Because again, unless you're on xdress.com, the amount of fabric covering your penis is almost negligible. Unless you're not as well endowed, which might be a positive in that you don't have to tuck, if that's what you're going for. Lucky. I've referred to it before in previous episodes as wearing a female thong is basically like having your balls and penis dangling like a wind chime just swaying back and forth with no real protection, at least from the front. But the back though, well, it may still look cute because, well, you're exposing your butt cheeks. 
but I think all the rage behind thongs have kind of died out since like the early 2000s. Let me see that Where you would show a bit of your G-string and it would be considered hot if you were a female. Whereas now, if you show a G-string that's writing above your pants, it's kind of like cover-up girl. Go put on some more clothes, you bitch. But there are so many undergarments for trans women and cross-dressing men to try, and really anyone. I mean, for me, my favorite is the boy short and the cheeky types, where your butt cheeks again kind of show. Hence the name cheeky. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why, though. It just feels like it works for me. And if I'm neglecting trans men or cross-dressing women, I apologize, but at that point, just wear the boring male boxers and briefs. Kind of sad, but true. I guess there's no real tip here for you other than try all sorts of panties and I really don't think you, if you're a crossdresser or a trans woman, need to go to a website like xdress.com to buy panties if you don't want to. Yes, these women's undergarments may not be designed for you that you can find at a lingerie store, but if you want to wear it, buy it. Maybe not try it on in the store, because I don't think they'll let you. Uh, we, we don't do that here. Sure, the underwear you buy may be uncomfortable, but hey, if you're willing to literally let your balls hang out of your underwear because you want to wear a thong meant for a woman, who am I to stop you? Do what makes you happy, and again, wear what you like. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, pretty much do whatever the fuck you want, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. God damn. But that's my cross yas tip of the week. If you enjoyed that, let me know. If you have your own cross yas tip, let me know too. Send me some feedback to Zell at cross yas podcast or... Just hit me up on Discord, brochi underscore mochi pound 7325. Thanks. Hoo hoo. Coachella. I mean, it's already May. <laughs> I was going to kind of release this episode last month, but, but I got a little busy. My bad. Things are slowly reverting back to normal, albeit very slowly. Here in the United States, more people are getting vaccinated, more stores and venues are opening up with small concerts and some festivals planning to reopen, which is kind of scary and exciting at the same time. If you're from California or you were into the whole music festival scene, you know that pre-pandemic, April used to bring about this tiny little music festival you may or may not have heard of called Coachella. Coachella, yay, <laughs> I'm so excited. Coachella eventually got so big for one weekend, once the promoters and company realized that what profits were to be made, they said, hey, why don't we make it a two-weekend thing? Now, pre-pandemic, Coachella used to be one of the biggest music festivals in the world. And earlier this year, the decision to postpone and cancel Coachella fully this year came as little surprise due to the uncertainty around the COVID-19 pandemic. We all expected for the cancellation of Coachella again, but to me, it's still astonishing to think. Has it really been two years since Coachella's last festival? Like, what hasn't this pandemic affected? Is it just me? Or is it getting crazier out there? Now, although I didn't go to Coachella in 2019, I did attend my first and I guess possibly last ever Coachella as Giselle in the year prior in 2018, which that year was also known as Beychella, as the queen bee herself, Beyonce, was the major headliner that year. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, there were other huge headliners that year too, if you're into pop culture and music like I am, like the return of Eminem and Dr. Dre, as well as The Weeknd and a pregnant Cardi B, among other fantastic singers and performers. Hell, I'd even argue 2018 Coachella featured one of the best musical lineups ever from top to bottom. 
just like really phenomenal performers and artists that had someone for everyone to enjoy. But for me, what made Coachella 2018 memorable was that for the first time, I really discovered who I was as Giselle and showcased for the first time my true and authentic self to the world on my own. As you see, in April 2018, I had just ended all communication with French, my girlfriend at the time of five years. And for those of you who don't remember, it was French who really helped discover my true self and helped Giselle blossom as French offered me sanctuary away from Jennifer, the girlfriend from hell. But without French, I mean, after breaking up, I really didn't know who I was. I was still learning to discover what I wanted with Giselle and... That Coachella experience was one of the first things I did to really explore who Giselle was independently. So post-breakup, I had the intentions of being my best ever Giselle self, and I had lost a good amount of weight by April 2018 to look as feminine as possible, and I bought a bunch of rompers on Fashion Nova. Shout out to Fashion Nova. Haven't talked about you in a while, but yeah, Fashion Nova's got the outfits, but you knew I was ready to go wild with all the outfits I bought. So I packed all my clothes, my makeup, all my shoes, and festival gear, and headed for Coachella. Now, I'll try to explain for those who are listening and unfamiliar with the whole music festival thing. Again, this was my experience, at least pre-pandemic, as I've attended many other musical festivals. But for this episode, I'll specifically talk about Coachella. So let's get to it. So excited! I've never been to Coachella. Okay, so Coachella, like many music festivals, usually runs for three days typically from like a Friday to a Sunday. Is that three days? Yeah. The first ever Coachella Music Festival kicked off in 1999 and has since been held annually at the Empire Polo Club in Indio, California, with typical attendance now ranging at an estimated 125,000 people per day. That's right, 125,000 people per day. Damn! Yeah, um, that was pre-pandemic, and you can see with an attendance that high, Yeah, you can see why they don't want to spread COVID that way. But with an attendance that high, it's really easy to blend in and wear whatever you want and be whoever you want to be. I went as Giselle for the entire festival, and I loved every single second of it. I went with my two cousins, Raquel and Jessica. Hi, ladies. And my best guy friend, also my best man, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. (laughs) For Coachella 2018, we rented an Airbnb nearby, and we all Ubered to our destination each and every day of the festival. You have the option to camp out at Coachella's camping grounds, but I think all the camping passes were sold out, but also there's no bathrooms to get ready, and you better believe your girl Giselle needs a bathroom. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? I need to use the bathroom. Tell me that you have a bathroom. Now, going to Coachella, though, isn't for cheapskates, if you don't know that already. Coachella is not for those on a budget, if you are on a budget, it better be a really big budget. Because for me, I had to save up like a lot of money for it because it's a save up money sort of experience. Getting tickets alone to Coachella, like any big event nowadays, is highly coveted with wait lists that sometimes feels like forever before you can purchase tickets. And when you finally do get to purchase the tickets, you better be able to pay up with prices ranging from the lowest price of $400 for just admission to the entire weekend to prices as high as $1,000 for VIP access. Again, those prices are only just for admission. That's not including food, alcohol, cool Coachella merchandise on sale, which also adds to your final grand total. But I'm not even including 
lodging too. Airbnb for those festival weekends have price surges up to five to six times the regular rates. I think I paid $1,800 for a total of three nights in the neighboring city of La Quinta, where I think the same Airbnb on a non-Coachella weekend would only be like $80 to $100 a night. So the entire Coachella experience, just to get in, stay nearby and have some foods and drinks can run you at the bare minimum, like almost $1,000 a person to see acts like Beyonce, Eminem, Cardi B, and company. And you know what? If you can afford it, <laughs> I believe it's really worth every penny. You really do get your money's worth for Coachella, but just know you're paying for not just the artist, but for the entire experience. If you had the luxury of going pre-pandemic, you were really in for a treat. Not only just for the music, but the art, the fashion, and the people who attend as well. Like it's a, it's a people-watching paradise. Especially if you're a cross-dresser like myself who loves art and festival fashion. Like I mentioned earlier, Coachella had an estimated 125,000 attendees per day. And I'm here to tell you, like there must have been a memo or something sent out to everyone attending, but thousands upon thousands of people everywhere dressed in fashion that would make your jaw drop, like men and women. At least it did mine. Combinations of clothes I wouldn't even dare imagine, people had the guts to try. And to be honest, it looked really good. Leopard prints on short camel skirts, mesh see-through bodysuits with bikinis and black steel toe boots, hats galore, hairstyle mania. I mean, everything you can imagine people do with their hair, makeup, clothes. I mean, with 125,000 people coming into Coachella with their best attire, I mean, it, it all just seemed to work. For me, just, again, a fashionista's paradise. As for my outfit, well, I told you, I mean, if you've heard this podcast before, I really love to wear bodysuits and rompers. And of course, on day one, I wore my beige romper with aviator shades, black beady necklace, comfortable sandals, and took so many photos at the Airbnb we were at that we were kind of late showing up to the entrance. In fact, one of those photos that I took is actually the cover of the Cross Yas podcast where I'm standing on that little bridge. Yes, our Airbnb had a bridge, but that apparently that's La Quinta for you. that day I think I slicked my hair up, wore a fun necklace, and had a great time going out to the festival and again just people watching at Coachella and enjoying really good music. It wasn't all fun and games though. If you also know anything about Indio, California and the desert, it gets fucking hot. With temperatures rising as high as 105 degrees Fahrenheit or 40 degrees Celsius for those of you outside of the US, it, it was pretty much unbearable. Also, the dry desert heat can leave you icky as there's little to no humidity and will make you feel, I don't know, just gross. Plus, the dust in the desert makes the air quality feel like you can't breathe at times. Like, you really, really can't. So, you have to wear a bandana or a mask to prevent the dust from getting into your lungs, which really can mess with your outfit, if you ask me. I mean, it's no problem now with COVID since everyone wears a mask. But I remember buying like a bandana that needed to be fashionable for my outfit. And again, if you cross-dress today, you really have to consider your mask in your outfit choice when going out. Now, the other major caveat with 125,000 people attending per day at Coachella meant that there were lines everywhere. And that got old pretty fast, especially with the heat being the way it was. Oh, it's hot. It's like hot. <sighs> now, the other major thing, well, 
Even entering the festival was a whole ordeal. See, the entrance to Coachella was separated by gender, a line for men and a line for women. They did this because there have been, I don't know, many instances in the past to big events like this one with people bringing in things, well, they weren't supposed to, like weapons, alcohol, drugs, food, etc. So it's expected that these venues would beef up security to ensure that those things aren't being brought in. Now, normally, I pay no attention towards the separation by gender and have no issues getting into festivals because, well, prior to that, I presented as male. And usually the men's line is really short and goes by really fast. But when presenting as Giselle, well, obviously, I have to care. I'm a girl now, and as Giselle, I always follow whatever it means to be a female as to not bring unwanted attention to myself. Luckily, I consider myself passing when I'm dressed up, and so I waited in the line with the other women. Now, while waiting in line, it appeared, again, that the women's line took way longer. As I typically, every, like, I don't know, minute or so, glanced over at the male line, where they were just zipping right through with each man getting patted and searched in as quickly as one minute or less, whereas the female line took, I don't know, what seemed like four or five minutes or so just to get searched and patted down. Which makes sense, I guess, because only female security guards were patting down other women, and there were a limited amount of women to do that. Also, looked like women had purses, backpacks, and other containers that could hold, I guess, potential paraphernalia, so I suppose that explained the longer queue times? I don't know. But eventually, after waiting, seriously, 40 minutes or so in this scorching desert heat, I finally approach the front of the women's line, and I hear the dreaded word uttered by the impatient female security guard, next. I guess it's only dreaded because I still feel, I still get nervous at times at the possibility that, I don't know, people figure out I was actually born male and still have a penis while presenting as Giselle, but I don't know, this time I figured I should be fine. And, well, I was. Barely. I'll explain. So I walk up, so I'm called up, and I walk up, smile at the female security guard, and she tells me to stand in a certain position, where I spread my legs out, my arms out like an airplane, and she pats me down. She starts with the top of my shoulders, and then my back, then my rib cage, then she pats my love handles, my butt, my back pockets, and then she gets to the front of my belly, and eventually she pats the front of my waist. There, she goes for the inside of my thighs and my crotch, and she pats and feels what is my tucked penis. It's not bulging out or anything, but she does notice that there's something there. She asks me, ma'am, what do you have down there? And I stupidly reply in my most feminine, innocent voice with a shrug, oh, nothing. She looks at me odd with two closed, squinted eyes, and examines my face a little closer. I look at her, still attempting to look innocent, as she looks closer, and then she pans out and sees behind me a line that continues to grow longer and longer, with people growing more disgruntled and even more disgruntled. So, she kind of concedes, looks at me, she kind of zooms into my face, concedes and says, okay, and waves me right through. Which was a relief, because I didn't want to have to do the whole, well, I'm a guy speech. Which I've done maybe once or twice in my life while presenting as Giselle, and again, I have no problem doing, but... To be honest, it's a hassle. And I wasn't there paying $1,000 for a weekend to include me being hassled. But I guess that's the risk you run when you're out in public as a cross-dressing transgender person. I try to play nice, but oh, don't kill my I mean, I don't identify as female, like, all the time. But when I'm presenting as Giselle, well, I don't mind saying that speech. 
As for the rest of that day, I did manage to sneak some edibles in my purse, which is like nothing in the grand scheme of dangerous drug paraphernalia, but I'll save my drug talk for another episode. But avoiding that potential disaster, I had a great first day of the festival with my cousins and best friend. We listened to a bunch of artists, took plenty of photos, and admired all the fashion around me, as well as the artwork. The second day was pretty much a lot of the same. I got ready back at the Airbnb, wore another romper, this time from prettylittlethings.com. Highly recommend that website if you're looking for cute, cheap festival gear, and other fashion. Tons of good stuff on there, and I got a lot of compliments on my outfit. I wore a red-orange romper with another necklace for another wonderful, fun-filled day. Had no issues getting in the second day, probably because we went a little later in the afternoon, as I learned my lesson the first day that it was too fucking hot to go way too early. So we got there when it was only like 85 degrees Fahrenheit, so that was way more manageable. We also enjoyed Beyonce later that night and in the return of Destiny's Child, but to be honest, I got really drunk and don't remember much of that night. Have you lost your mind? Of course not. I'm drunk. The third and final day was just a f- more relaxed day and it was way more chill. If you've ever gone to Coachella, the first two nights and the first two days can be really exhausting. So the third day is a welcome relaxation day. And for that day, I think I wore my blue turquoise romper with a pink bandana over my face as I recall it being very dusty that day. I remember being called a dude by some random guy. I think he was probably drunk, but I didn't pay him much attention as again, I was living my best life and enjoying the Coachella experience. Doing a three-day festival, at the time, I was like, I don't know, at the tail end of my 20s, as I was turning 30, a little later that year in August, which, I'll admit, that whole festival was, I don't know, pretty exhausting. I don't know if I could do another festival at my age today, and, and by the time musical festivals open back up again, who knows what that will look like. But I look back at those times, specifically Coachella, and really appreciate what I was able to accomplish, and I'm excited to see what the future has in store for Giselle. Because I remember no one except for that random guy calling me out as a guy, as, again, the majority of the time, it was just fun being myself. And I think and hope that people can feel that same way too, the way I felt that entire weekend. The way, I don't know, just being being present and being, I don't know, being comfortable in my own skin, if that makes sense. I mean, you don't need your own Coachella to feel that way. I mean, you can do that every day of your life and present however you want to. But, I don't know, just reminiscing about those days is, again, Coachella and other events are opening up again. Um, Not as big as an event of Coachella, but things are opening up again, and I can't wait to hang out like I did before. But that's all I was thinking about. Hope you guys enjoyed that little story. (laughs) Email me your feedback. I'm always going to ask for feedback because this is a good story, and I miss those days. Thanks. And now it's time to talk about what's grinding Giselle's gears. Alright, so brand new segment that I wanted to try some new things out because I think we're all dying for some change. But with this segment, uh, which might become a regular segment, depending on the feedback I get, again, email me your feedback, Giselle at CrossTheYasPodcast.com or pretty much hit me up on Discord, Rochi underscore Mochi, pound 7325. Um, Yeah, it might be a regular segment because being called grinding Giselle's gears is, I think, a pretty funny alliteration. Um, But I'm going to make this segment essentially where I talk about something I want to complain about. And it's probably, I don't know, I don't want to be whining, but I mean, this is pretty much whining, but I'm going to make this segment cross-dressing, sexuality, or gender-related. Again, just to stay relevant to the podcast. But for this one, my first ever grinding Giselle's gears. Here we go. This is what's been bothering me lately, and it is nails 
when you paint your nails and how they're so easily fucking ruined after they're painted. Uh, I mean, I've talked about nails, getting your nails done here, doing your own nails. And for me, I do believe how feminine they can make you feel with the pretty colors and the fancy designs you can get. But Lord help us on how quickly and easily smudged or chipped or fucking ruined they get after getting them done. Like, hmm, (laughs) I've experienced this probably just on me, but... Uh, Like, you know when you want to just paint your nails and you have to wait fucking forever to dry them? Like, even when you get them done um, at, like, a store and, I don't know, they say, oh, you know, on the label it even says, like, quick dry, right? So you trust the label. Oh, well, it says quick dry within two minutes. Surely the label wouldn't lie. Yeah, they're fucking liars. Because, I don't know, as soon as I get them done, like, and wait two minutes, right? Like, when you're painting your own nails and you're painting them, and like you smudge them, you're like, fuck. So you have to like wipe the entire thing off just to get it perfect again and then just do it all over, right? Just keep painting, keep painting. Like you have to use nail polish remover to just get the little sides off, right? And then you gotta paint over it, paint over it. And you gotta let that dry and you gotta paint over it, right? Um, or how about when you're at the nail salon when the nail technician says like, oh, we're all done. You need to dry your nails over there in the corner. With like, There's like sometimes a heater thing or that little tiny minuscule fan with all the old dust you ever see those, the fans with the old dust still left on the blades of the fan? I think you, you ladies know what I'm talking about. I swear to God, all those fucking fans at nail salons have never been cleaned. Like, they were purchased with dust on them. And then, you know, when it's drying, you put your hands out. And when it spins, it's blowing dust particles at your freshly painted nails. And you're wondering to yourself, holy fuck, those are dirty. When I'm drying them off with that fan, I always think, like, Man, I wonder if I get one of those stupid dust bunnies on my nails. Fuck that. I'm going to go fucking crazy. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I think it's hilarious because, uh, again, they just seem to take so fucking long to dry. And I remember one time uh, one of the technicians was like, oh, you're all done. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No, you're not. She's like, oh, no, you're done. You're done. And I'm like, okay. Like, in my mind, I knew I was not done. So I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and believe them. So, like, I remember they give you, like, these slippers, like, these, they, they, like, slippers that combust as soon as you walk, like, 10 steps, right? They're supposed to only get you to the car and home within, like, 10 to 20 steps. They're going to, they're going to break, right? And I remember the technician was like, just dry them. You're good. And I'm like, okay. And then in your head, you're like, no way these are going to dry. No way these are going to last. So then you grab your keys in the daintiest of positions. This is what I was doing. And you're like even more extra delicate with your hands to get to your car. So you're like holding your keys very daintily and you're walking like uh, like you're shuffling your feet all the way to the car, which clearly is not 10 steps away. For me, it was like oh, a thousand steps, it felt like. And then you go and grab your car handle and bam, you smudge your freshly painted nails on the car door. Or maybe you were lucky enough to get into the fucking car, but you smudge them on the fucking steering wheel fucking hate that shit it's happened to me twice and it happened quite recently and it's fucking annoying because like you paid all this money to get your nails done and it's that like they never fucking last you to get to your car but that's just me (laughs) that's what grinds Giselle's gears this week (sighs) ah fucking hate that shit um yeah uh but that's (laughs) that's my grinding Giselle's gears this week hope you enjoyed that segment uh if you did enjoy it (laughs) feel free to let me know 
Uh, maybe you relate to it. Like how your fucking nails get done. You fucking smudge them. You fucking hate it. You got to redo it all over again. It's fucking annoying. And women probably know this. You may not even be a cross-dresser, but if you get your nails done, you know what I'm talking about. But send me some feedback via email, Giselle at CrossYasPodcast.com. DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast or hit me up on Discord, Rochi underscore Mochi pound 7325. Thanks. And finally, the miscellany. Yes! And that's it for this week's episode where you heard me talk about panty selection and this week's cross yas tip of the week. You then heard me reminisce about my Coachella days where I dressed up for that festival in the desert back in 2018 and shared some of my experiences then. And lastly, you heard my new segment, Grinding Giselle's Gears, where I talked about nails and how painted nails never last long enough and how that really grinds my gears. That's all for this week. No Sierra in this episode, but she'll be back shortly. You're going to hear more of me in the meantime, so... You better be okay with that. Still check out our website, www.crossyaspodcast.com for more ways you can still support us. You can check out other bonus things there. And yeah, to you wonderful listener, glad to have you back uh, as a listener because <laughs> well, I haven't been back in a while. But um, uh, join our Discord. We'll be on there. Yeah, see you there. And until next time, hope you keep it fresh, stay blessed. And remember, you're going jazz. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.